Welcome to Crime Drama Queens. Before we kick off this week's episode, we wanted to give you a heads up that we will be discussing themes of an adult nature, including descriptions of fictionalised violence. And knowing us, there'll be plenty of bad language too. Sorry. And there'll be spoilers. Please check the programme notes to find out what crime drama we're discussing today. And if you don't want it spoiled, jog on. Thank you. I'm Lex. And I'm Lily. (laughs) And we are the Crime Drama Queens. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. We made it at last. I was just telling Lex that we are going on a family camping trip this evening, and it's the first one. And uh, as a responsible adult, I'm struggling. I mean, that's my motto for life in general. As a responsible adult, I am struggling. It's going to go really well. It's going to go well. It's going to go very well. Very well. Weather forecast is very bad. Oh, is it? Mm. Today, it's good. good. Well, where I was going to say, yeah, 27 where I am today. And then... Can I ask why you're wearing a hoodie? Um, I haven't done a lot of laundry and I won't be taking further questions at this time. I understand. (laughs) Today we are talking about McDonald and Dodds, season one, episode one, The Fall of the House of Crockett. It was first broadcast on the 28th of February, 2020, and it was (laughs) written by Robert Murphy and directed by Richard Senior. So the title, The Fall of the House of Crockett... Spoilers, possibly. But also, I hadn't realised until I started watching it that I do have a... I I don't know if it's an unfounded, but it it does seem to be unfounded. Mm. Almost visceral hatred of Robert Lindsay. Oh, I like him. He is quite theatrical. Oh, no, I can't. He is very theatrical. I think that's why I don't like him. I'm trying to find reasons, because otherwise I just seem like I'm... It's a bit of a hate crime, isn't it, to hate (laughs) Robert Lindsay? Otherwise you're just being mean. Otherwise I'm just being a bully. He is very theatrical, and he was quite theatrical in this, but uh, the the part warranted it a bit. I mean, you had to ham it up, I think, in this role. I was chuffed that there was many silly hats. And actually, and this isn't really a spoiler because it's set up a bit like Columbo where you find out who did it at the beginning, but it was, in fact, the guy in the silly hat who did it. Okay, IMDb says when a homeless man is shot in the deserted mansion of one of Bath's most prominent industrialists, the inventor Max Crockett, newly arrived Londoner DCI McDonald and long-serving DS Dodds rally together to try and discover the killer. Fairly accurate. What I also like is that, much like Death in Paradise, people are just, like the Met are basically seen as like... (laughs) The people that come and sort things out and piss people off. Also, they seem to be treating Bath as some kind of tiny... Separate legal jurisdiction. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's a pretty decent city right next to Bristol. Maybe about an hour and a half on the train from London, isn't it? I mean, it's not... Yeah, an hour and a quarter, actually. And of course, they, yeah, they're talking about it as if they are visiting a long lost, like Cornish fishing village or something, because they're like, oh, things are different in Bath. That's not the way well, we like, do things in Bath. And they've all got the, the West Country accents, which I'm not going to do. Yeah, it's just the way they're like, this is how we do it here. It's like, I don't care. 
but well, you are still under UK law. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure that the police force across the entire country probably have pretty much the same rules. It, very, anyway. very odd. Very odd. But they they establish right at the start. We establish that we're in Bath and we are in rich person Bath. So if you're going to be a rich person in Bath, that means you're really quite rich. And we see a big house, which must cost about ten million pounds, with a I man so, yeah. getting dressed, and he pops a silly hat on his head, <laughs> and he looks very pleased with himself. Then he, he goes does. downstairs and gets shot. Slightly unfair. Shortly after yeah. that, Robert Lindsay, Max Crockett, and his pregnant wife Mathilde, who spends she's very, very, very pregnant, and she spends most of the episode very, very, very pregnant and being sort of fanning herself, groaning and so on. And then at the end, she goes into labour and gives birth. I'm, in 20 minutes, she just squeezes his hand and looks slightly pained and out pops a baby. Yeah, as everyone knows, is exactly how it happens. So Max Crockett, played by Robert Lindsay, who Lex has an irrational hatred of, he arrives home with uh, his wife. He tells, they go inside and they find the body and she freaks out, understandably. He tells her to call the police and then he just shoves her outside and locks her out, which she doesn't notice. He then runs around the house, cleans up a bit, fakes a break in. He puts the heating on. It's all a bit suspicious. So we know from the outset that he is involved in this murder. So it is a bit Columbo-y. He does this like weird smirky wry smile thing that he does at the end, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I think he was trying to make the character a bit of a knob. The police arrive, and they're all very West Country and a bit bumpkiny. And as DS Dodds, played by Jason Watkins, who's brilliant in everything he does, and he is clearly a bit clueless. And then in strides DCI Lauren McDonald, who's played by Tala Guvea, mm-hmm. and. She's clearly very competent, very ambitious, very driven, but uh, is not that impressed by the setup in Bath. She wants to know if there's CCTV and they're like, oh, no, this is Bath. Like, I'm pretty sure they have CCTV in Bath. <laughs> like I said, but a lot in of rich people. She's not impressed with them. They're not like that impressed with her either because they think no. that she's some kind of... Met, off, like, met office no that would be <laughs> that's the weather sending, sending weather people down to, I mean that, that might be <laughs> that would be offensive wouldn't it like, we have just we are so awful we're sending weather forecasts to solve the crime <laughs> <laughs> it still be better than you <sighs> Lauren McDonald she's very ambitious very driven she doesn't seem to suffer fools she uh, rolls her eyes a lot and she's got this fantastic resting bitch face we are at this huge mansion there uh, just no alarms the alarms have been they're just broken fine there's no CCTV inside apart from the dead body a 2,000 200,000 pound statue has been stolen and the generic policemen just they think it was intruders so this £200,000 statue is called the Faceless Man and it's classical statue. Why has everyone got really expensive art in their homes in these programmes? They have it's really just a expensive bit... homes and really expensive art. Yes, Dodds. He's having a poke around. Right. And he wants to know if it was still raining when Max Crockett and his wife arrived and his wife said, no, it was not. We're not sure why this is relevant. I'm sure we'll find out. And Dodds dirt blurts out, 
in front of Max Crockett that they think the victim was an ex-convict because of some tattoos he had. And McDonald is not impressed. She's like, can you just stop giving away information to potential suspects? Because that's really annoying. And the police seem mildly surprised that this is a problem. (laughs) All right, so we go inside and they're talking to Max Crockett in his silly hat. They're having a look around his silly hats. And they're having a poke around his bedroom because they always like to poke around people's bedrooms, don't they? And mm-hmm. Dodds is telling McDonald that Crockett made his fortune by inventing his special iron, which... Which doesn't look any different to a normal iron. And also, the way they explain it, they, they said that he was trying to invent one thing and he realised that the battery was getting too hot and it was dangerous, so he put it into an iron so that yeah, you have a really hot iron. But you still, first of all, probably still dangerous, and doesn't stop being dangerous because it's inside an iron. I would have thought so. And then also, you don't want an iron just to be like red hot because it would just ruin all your clothes. <laughs> but anyway, this is how he's got his billions and millions of pounds. And I think he's probably invented other stuff. Uh, the chief superintendent drops by, presumably from his day job in a boy band. He suggests. I was not disappointed with him dropping by. Okay. All right. Here we go. So we're going. We're swinging from who Lex doesn't like to who Lex does like. He <laughs> suggests to Laura McDonald that perhaps she should try and persuade Dodds to retire. It's all very obvious, very ageist. So we mm. know at this point that the chief super is a twat, and we know that Dodds is going to prove himself. And uh, Crockett wants to speak to Dodds because they are, you know white middle-aged men together and crockett makes this <laughs> makes this point a few times like you and me dodds we're we're like birds of a feather just because they are white <laughs> middle-aged men anyway dodds spots yep. a peregrine falcon which max is like oh why don't care but hang in there this is actually relevant dodds also <laughs> notices that the floor next to the break-in should be wet because if it was raining all night so if someone broke in the night before to shoot the person or to steal the statue or whatever the rain would have got in yeah so why is the floor wet and a crocker goes oh no no because no, i had the end of floor heating on the whole time so it would have just dried out but we'll come back to that as well but dodds i think is very colombo in his kind of beige mac keeps sort of going oh, yeah things sir can i just ask this sir and it is a very colombo setup i don't think the rest of this series is set up in the same way where you find out essentially who did it right at the beginning but at this point we know that max is involved because yeah. the way he reacted when they found the body. He was also receiving all these calls from his daughters. So he's got three daughters. He's got one called Megan, who's a city councillor or something. Yep. Then there's Tamara, who runs a kind of art. I was going to say, they make her look so much like a, a sort of stereotypical artist. Yeah. Like sort of slightly unusual jewellery and headscarves and slightly boho-y type like yes, tops boho. and and then there's the young she's younger isn't she the other yeah, one the I youngest think. daughter Eleonora and she runs a bakery she doesn't want to have anything to do with her dad because she doesn't really like him the whole setup I mean we'll get into this more a bit later on but the whole setup is just obviously inspired by King Lear And it's apart from the fact that King Lear wasn't a whodunit, which was always the gap, I thought. The gap <laughs> that play. All right, so we've got, he's got these three daughters and they're all calling him to check he's all right. Uh, and he's all right. 
So Dodds points out to the other officers that there's this peregrine falcon and they're like, cool, you're a bird watcher. Should we solve this murder? And he's like, no, it's the... It's... It's it's a species. So whenever there's a, a nest with eggs in it, they like the RSPB put up cameras. So if the birds are nesting up in that tower, there'll be cameras up at that tower, and the cameras will show the back of Crockett's house. So we'll be able to see what happened with the break-in. Inspired. Inspired. McDonald, in the meantime, is focusing on the faceless man, the really expensive broken statue as the key to the whole inquiry. And she says, whoever's got that is the killer. We then cut to Max Crockett, like, holding it, and he just checks it in a bin. (laughs) (laughs) And to be fair, the statue is a bit creepy. It's not even a... It's £200,000, just rich people, weird. Then McDonald's, in the process of just, like, (laughs) investigating and coming up with things and saying, look what I found out, and Dodds is running along behind her. And she goes, I'm (laughs) shit, you know, I'm really good at this. I quite like that. I think of that on a T-shirt. Just life. I'm really good at this. And then a bit later on, she's like, oh, why are men all totally shit? And she's talking about her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole time, every time she's talking to her boyfriend on the phone, and then she's like, oh, God, he's so shit and he's so thick. Like, poor guy. <laughs> he's not there to defend himself. <laughs> exactly. He's not there to defend himself. Just lay off him. And Dawes doesn't know where to put himself. No, he doesn't. No, it's not very nice. Anyway, then they're talking about guns because she knows all about guns because of London gun. Well, in, in London, everyone's got a gun. Everyone's got a gun in London. Uh, and so she is yabbering on about how all the stuff that she already knows. And then she drives off without Dodds and has to come back for him. So we know she's she's competent. She knows what she's doing. She doesn't really have the most time for Dodds. Uh, in the meantime, general, it would Max is preparing for a party because that's what you do if you've got a dead body in your house. He <laughs> is focused on his retirement party. And so we meet his daughters and we establish that they're not very nice. Tamara, the boho arty one, it's all very fake. Their business mm-hmm. is going really badly. Her and her husband, both, yeah, they hate the new wife. Oh. They're trying to do something to kind of split them up. But to her face, they're like, yeah. oh, my God, are you OK? Like, how's oh, the pregnancy? We need to go for a cup of tea. We need to catch up. All this nonsense. And then she yeah, walks away and then they're like, like, yeah, we've got to break them up. Because they don't want her to get the money. So what what Max has decided to do is, is we go back to the King Lear thing. So there he is. He is the patriarch. He has got this massive business, loads and loads and loads of money. And instead of retiring and having a successor to sort of, you know, getting his family to work together or yeah. not his family or whatever, he has decided to leave absolutely everything, including the running of his company, to just one of his three daughters. So In why some kind of like that? fight to the death type approach. Yeah, to make them just hate each other and to make it all very stressful and unpleasant. So quite frankly, he's bringing everything on himself. It's the most ridiculous thing that you could possibly ever do. And why you would leave the running of your business to one of your three daughters who just may not have any kind of... Business competence. Yeah, business competence. (laughs) It's all just bonkers. So the two older daughters, they want the business and they're sucking up to him. And the youngest one, Eleonora, is like, 
you know what? I just don't care. I just want to live my life. I mean, I can't remember if they covered this, but why would you not just be like, yeah, all right, guys, I we're going to like one of us is going to get it. But like on the down low, we'll just split it three ways. Yeah. I said, it's true. Like, wouldn't you just be like, rather than us just tearing each other's hair out, why don't we just like on the down low have a separate agreement? Right. Yeah. Get it in writing. Yes. And when he gives it to whichever one of us it is, we then just split it three ways. Yeah. Just go, look, dad's having a moment. Fair enough. Let him just think he's got all the power. That's, that's cool. He'll make his decision. We'll sit down together and we'll divvy it out. And we'll be sensible. And we'll be sensible. But no, this is not a sensible. That probably wouldn't make a very good narrative, but you know. All right. Anyway. So they decide, the police, well, they don't decide, they have to identify the, the victim, the bloke who got shot. And he gets identified as Seth Murdoch, an ex-convict. He was staying at a halfway house in Bath. So McDonald and Dodds head over there and they meet a bloke called Mikey, who also lives there. He seems quite, He seems like a nice bloke. He said that Seth was actually really happy in a really good place in life and he was off to a swanky restaurant to meet someone. Ooh. Uh, they have a little rootle around his things and they find a package of cauliflower seeds. So from that, they decide that, oh, he's got an allotment somewhere. So they go off and have a rootle around there. The Peregrine Falcon camera that Dodds discovered does show Seth Murdoch arriving at the house, but nobody else. So if he no. broke in at the back, then the killer must have come through the front door and had the key and the alarm code. This limits it to the family. So it must be one of the family who came in and shot him, unless they were already in the house, but they don't really cover that. No. They realise also that Seth was dressed in Max's clothes, including a silly hat. So does this mean that Max was actually the real target? Someone came in, saw a bloke in the shadows wearing his clothes, thought, oh, yeah, that's Max Crockett and shot him. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, McDonald is she's got she's got her head on. She says, "Right, she is going to solve twice the crimes in half the time." And her plan to do this is by getting confessions from people. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not in the police. I don't have experience of this, but I don't think that's a good idea because I think false confessions and coerced confessions are things. They are things, and also. <laughs> If you solve something just because someone says they did it when they didn't, it doesn't really mean you've actually solved it. You've just sort of put a... Yeah, a Band-Aid on a wound. It's not an actual solution. But that's her plan, I guess, just to get it all off her desk. And she thinks, right, it's someone in the Crockett family. She knows that. They show the picture of Seth Murdoch around to everyone. And they're like, no, no, no. Don't know him. Don't know him. And they tell the family that they're all suspects. They check their alibis. No one really has an alibi. The only member of the family who's happy to cooperate is the youngest daughter, Eleanor. She's keen to cooperate, but she's not so she's not really involved with the family that much and she doesn't really have much to do with her dad. The other two daughters yeah. and husbands are just knobs. Yeah. In the meantime, Dodds has gone to the library, nice and old school, and he's getting out Max Crockett's autobiography. Because he fancies a bit of light reading. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we already know because we've talked about it. Max Crockett is going to leave his £30 million fortune business to only one of his three daughters. And they're all like so happy and chill about this. Extremely happy, delightfully so. So it's all complete nonsense. 
It's just Eleanor who doesn't want any part of it. Her alibi isn't great either. Her alibi was her wife, Kasha, but her wife, Kasha, also had to pop out and go and see her mum. And then Kasha speaks to McDonald's and says, look, Eleanor, Eleanor doesn't like her dad. And it's really because of me, because Max doesn't like me. Kasha says mm-hmm. she's traveling people and Max doesn't think she's good enough for Ellie. Yeah. That has caused a rift between Ellie and her dad. Crockett, who just has to be involved. I mean, ugh. he suggests to Dodds in one of their white middle-aged man conversations that he thinks it must have been a professional killer. And he gives Dodds a big list of people he's upset. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think if you if you ask me for a list of things, I don't think I could. Well, I think I upset everyone, so I probably just list everyone I've ever met or had a personal interaction with. But I don't think many of us kind of have a list of people that we could be like, yeah, they would probably want to kill me. Yes, Do you know what I mean? List, a list of people who would set up a professional hit against you. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't be able to find one person. I don't think. I don't think, I mean, never say never, but I like to think I would not be able to provide a list. Yeah, he has a list anyway. He has a list, yeah. bless him. Uh, right, so then McDonald's is talking about her shit boyfriend again and says that he is thick as shit. And on his, on their first date, he actually thought there were two sons, uh, one in Florida that was hot and one over here that's not hot. But she would rather have thick than unfaithful. I feel a bit sad for her that she obviously thinks that she can't have... <laughs> she thinks they're mutually exclusive things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I reckon some blokes are both thick and unfaithful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, she's... Uh, actually, she did remind me about this this guy that I went on a first date with uh, back in sort of uh, university-ish days. Yeah, and he he thought that the sun went round was it the sun went round the earth or the moon went round or the earth went round the moon anyway he was really insistent that yeah he was like no 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 the earth goes around the moon and I was like no I don't think so and he said no, no the earth and I said no you know the the moon earth's moon goes around the earth and he said no 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 it's not it's the other way around because I've watched it where did you find him? <laughs> Spoilers didn't didn't work out. Didn't and work out. <laughs> there was also another guy who um, thought that test tube babies were like grown in test tubes. So, <laughs> <during> the big... <laughs> so they were like in a test tube. It'd be like a little embryo, <laughs> and then as the baby get bigger, you like repot it into into a bigger test tube. <laughs> Are you joking? Please tell me you're joking. <laughs> no. I don't know, somewhere that was just like this, this warehouse full of like babies <laughs> these giant test tubes. pressed it against the glass, like, you know, when you're on the tube yeah. and the door's shut and you're like smashed, like yeah. smushed against the glass. Against the side. <laughs> that also did not go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, I've done all the dogs. Go and have a little poke around Seth's uh, allotment, and they find some interesting stuff. They find a video, and on the video, is it a video? Is it an actual video? It can't be DVD. Yeah, so is it a VHS. 
They find <laughs> it was definitely find... an old school. <laughs> yeah. And it's a video of Max's daughter Meg, the city councillor, and it's proof of her being corrupt and taking bribes. She denies everything and her husband is a pretty sleazy lawyer. It, it's not that he is a sleazy lawyer. He is sleazy and he is also a lawyer. Yeah. And they've also found a phone and there's a phone number for Gordon on it. They call this Gordon. It turns out he's a male escort. And they call and make a date. And it turns out that Gordon is Tamara's husband, Jack. And she's been pimping him out to pay for their kids' school fees. And it, she says, oh, it's fine. He's been doing it for years and he likes it. He doesn't seem that sure. Anyway. And then he's pissed off. Like, Actually, he really likes it. He's like, oh, piss off. <laughs> right, so we know that Seth Murdoch has mm. this compromising material on Max Crockett's daughters. So was he potentially blackmailing them? This seems like quite a... I don't know, an intriguing line of inquiry, but the chief super says, nah, no evidence of blackmail. So don't pursue it any further. That's just what we do here in Bath. That's <laughs> just what we do here in Bath. I, at this point, I thought, oh, I reckon Lex probably suspects the chief super of being <laughs> You see, I probably would have done, but he was just quite a tasty snack. So I didn't right. want it to be him. <laughs> Yeah. I was distracted. Uh, the chief secret tells McDonald not to go to Max's retirement party. He doesn't want her hassling Max Crockett and his family anymore, even though she has pointed out several reasons why she thinks one of them is a killer. He's like, let it go. So let enjoy their party. Yeah, let them enjoy their party. Come on. Uh, so she sends Dodds along. And so Max says, oh come on, middle-aged white man, we'll have another chat. And they think that actually Max wasn't the target. They think that Murdoch, Seth Murdoch, was the target and it was probably because he's got all this compromising material. So it does sort of look like it's going to be Max or one of his family. And then Max mm. is like, no, God, is that what McDonald said again? Oh, she has such a beef against me just because I'm a middle-aged white man. Ugh. And it's just really gross. And uh, later on at the party, Max announces that his fortune will go to, drumroll, his third daughter, Eleonora. She's really she's upset. Really... She doesn't want it. She runs away. She tells him he can shove it up his ass, if I seem to remember rightly. You remember correct. And then Meg and Tamara are also really annoyed. And uh, Max is upset. Uh, they're Sorry, in there's a spider the... walking across my wall and it's really freaking me out. It's massive as well. Anyway, carry on. We'll just keep your eye on it to make sure it doesn't jump onto your head. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> it is actually moving. Carry on. <laughs> go away. So go away, Max, go. they're in the kitchen then. They have a little family meeting in the kitchen. And Max tells Meg and Tamara that he knows about their indiscretions and the bribery and the gay prostitution. <laughs> uh, and Ellie shows up and she says, right, I've had a chat with Kasia. We'll take the job so long as the others are on the board as well. So they will yep. drink a toast. Hooray! <laughs> so that seems to be settled, that Ellie will mm. take the job. They're all sort of okay. Okay with that? They're all okay Is with this they could have come up with that idea initially? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so now we think that because Max, it's not that he... 
what Ellie says later on. It's not that Max wants everything to be perfect. He wants everything to look perfect. So if Seth had compromising material on his daughters, would perhaps Max want to kill him? Mm. So maybe it's not the daughters trying to protect themselves because he already knows everything about them. But is it him trying to protect the family image? He's trying mm. to distract the police going on about the faceless man again, the one he just chucked into a bin. <laughs> and he's he manages to be like gross and rude and racist and everything. He does. He does. Just uh. And then the chief super comes back into it, much to Lex's delight. Uh, yes. And he says, right, I'm going to go and arrest Mikey, the guy from the halfway house. It was discovered that he was dealing heroin and had the statue of the faceless man in his possession. <gasps> so somehow Max got it from the bin that he checked it in and planted it in Mikey's room. We don't really find out how that happened. But yeah. it is clearly a setup. Dodd says that Max must have planted it because at some point he mentioned to Max about this bloke called Mikey. Yeah. And then the chief super gives Lauren a very public and really inappropriate dressing down and says that maybe the guys at the station are right and that she's been overpromoted and all this stuff. Yeah, like outrageous. Just really rude. And also, yeah. everyone's overpromoted. Any job that you wind up in, you've been overpromoted to, otherwise, you'd have been promoted again because you do a job really well, so you get promoted out of it. So the only time you stop getting promoted is when you're actually stuck in a job you can't do when you've hit the ceiling yeah you're yeah uh it explains a lot about various places we've worked anyway <laughs> <laughs> so well, then we go to the library dodds has gone back to the library we have a bit of a montage of him flicking through books and he's got a he loves the library and does. everything so we know that dodds is onto something mcdonald's is Starting to lose it a bit. So he goes back to the station and Mikey wants to confess. And who is his lawyer? But, but the weird, sleazy... Yeah, Max Crockett's like, Yeah. And Max is paying for Mikey's legal fees. So basically they've cut a deal. He's going to confess, even though he's innocent of all of it. Yeah. And so McDonald's is having a really shit day. She goes to the library and her feelings come out. She says she just wants to be a good cop. She just wants to have a, a nice little house with a utility room and to go to Tenerife every year for two weeks, but not all-inclusive because they water down the booze on all-inclusive. And I think that's all she for now. I've never, been, I've never been on an all-inclusive holiday. We don't really do holidays apart from this camping weekend. Um, maybe they do all-inclusive at the camping site. Oh, maybe. Anyway, uh, right, so Dodds has discovered something from Max's past. He had a fiancé. He researched this fiancé, and she mm. had had a son, and Max had abandoned them both. This son was Seth Murdoch. Dun, Seth, dun, dun. <laughs> Seth's mum died when he was little, and he spent his whole life in care, and he's had a really rough time of it. And so McDonald's like, this is inf interesting information. So she goes along and she confronts Max in front of lots of people. And basically, he threatens her. So mm. they're back in the car. She's there going, I know he did it. I know he did it. How are we going to work? He's got an alibi, but he set this up. He arranged it. How are we going to get him? And how are we going to find the person that shot Seth? He planned it. Someone else shot him. And then, and this is just so tenuous, 
at some point they're talking about language that Ellie had used. She used the 24 hour clock at some point. Yeah. And I was 1300 hours. And they're like, oh, well, in that case, she must have been in the military. In that case, she must have access to a gun, in which case she's the shooter. And it is literally like that. I guess I was like, I often say like 1300 or like, just for the avoidance of doubt so people don't go what three in the morning and you're like Uh, no yes I often use 24 hour clock that is just anyway so think okay so Ellie's the shooter and the killer or the instigator is Max and then Dodds has another thought he goes to talk to Max's heavily pregnant wife and he says can I just check that when you got back and found the dead body was the house like really really hot because the heating would have been on because Max said he put the heating on it and she said no no, the heating wasn't on. So Max said that he had put the heating on and it had been on a weekend, which is why the floor was dry. But that was a lie. Yes. So they've caught him in a lie. So they know that he faked the break-in. So they now know they have proof that he was connected. I mean, they say mm-hmm. proof. It's pretty tenuous. They it's go to talk tenuous. to Ellie and she talks about her unhappy childhood and how Max wants everything to look Perfect. So we think this is her confessing. And what happens? So did you have, so we think Ellie's confessed now, but we still need to work out what really happened. Did you have any other theories or it wasn't, I mean, at at this point you sort of thought it was quite messy. We know that he sort of persuaded her to do it and cleared up evidence and we know that Ellie did it. So there's not much more to say. Of course, there is a little twist Right, so what happened? The reveal is Seth gets in touch with Max. Max says, why don't we meet for dinner, talk about it all. You come to my house. I'll leave some clothes out for you. Which just seems weird. Like, if someone invites me for dinner, like, if you invited me to dinner, I went, yeah, sure, come round. I'll leave. (laughs) I've laid out something lovely on your bed. Um... (laughs) Oh, and by the way, I won't be home. So let yourself in. The lights aren't working. Go to my room put on my clothes and walk down the stairs in the dark. It'll be fine. Then we'll go out for dinner. Seth does all that and then gets shot. <laughs> in fact, the fact that he was like, yeah, this, this seems like normal behaviour. Yeah, that seems fine. I'll put on your clothes and walk down the stairs in the dark. Sure. So he gets shot. And so McDonald is challenging Max about this. Like, this is what you did. You wanted him out of the way. You abandoned him as a baby. You now wanted him out of your life. You didn't want him to disrupt your perfect family. So you got Ellie to do it. And now she's going to prison. And he then he goes, no, no, it wasn't her. I got Kasha to do it. So he just blurted it out. So they're like, ha, 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 ha. We have got you now. <laughs> but again, they've just done this in his house without any <laughs> recording, recording or... device. There's just the two police. There's Would any of that stand up in court? Also... He says he didn't actually talk to Kasha about doing it because I thought it was going to be that he kind of blackmailed Kasha a bit, saying, You have to do this, you have, and but I will give you the money or give Ellie the money if you. I'll give you a cut if you do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that it was like an understood transaction between them. But this is more apparently a suggestion or. But he just said. No, I was just so horrible to her until I knew that she'd want to kill me. And then I 
I just set everything up so she'd go around wanting to kill me and kill him instead. It's, it's highly implausible. A, it suggests that she's highly suggestible. Yeah. Secondly, like for you to be, it relies on her being very angry at a very specific point in time yeah. for all of those other elements to yeah, kind of like all the moon. <laughs> it had to happen at that bit for him to have the alibi, for Seth to be there, for everything to work out and for her to have the gun. And if it had been arranged and somehow he had coerced her into doing it, but I mean, just to kind of annoy her enough Like if you poke the badger enough, the badger will get angry. And she will definitely come and shoot me that night. She'll definitely know, like, she'll know how and where and when. And I was just like, it doesn't make any sense. Also, when they are super, super smug and they've arrested him and they're walking away in slow motion and they're like, yes, we got him. Have they, I mean, has he done anything particularly illegal? I mean, he he clearly he he hasn't no he tampered with evidence, didn't he? He faked the break in, but he could say, "Oh, look, it was my daughter's wife. I wanted to protect her. I suspect something like this has happened. I felt so guilty because I knew that she was trying to aim for me, so I was trying to help her out." I mean, is he actually going to go to prison for anything? Because because he didn't actually it. arrange this killing at all. He just kind of hoped for it, and also like. Anything that he said, as you quite rightly point out, when he goes into a police station, be like, I never said that. Yeah. What are you talking about? You're literally making this up. And then Kasha is just still a murderer and will still go to prison for a really long time. Doesn't matter who she killed. She and it yeah, suggests that yes, she is highly suggestible and a fairly willing killer. Whereas I also yeah. like the fact during the episode when they show where she is, like where they live mm. as a couple, it's part of Bath that is not, it's not a very like well-off part of Bath. It's where I used to live as a student. I was like, yeah. oh, brilliant. There yeah, they show the part that's just like a little bit run down and not very nice just to show that that's where, you know, the not very wealthy people live. Still look like a decent sized house. Yeah. Still look nice, didn't it? Didn't look like my student house, I can assure you. <laughs> well, there's only two of them living there. I imagine it's a student house. You probably have more people. 50 in two bedrooms. Uh, yeah, so it's really sad for Ellie. And her wife is now going to go to prison for a long time for shooting someone. And he's probably not going to go to prison at all because I'm not really sure he's done much illegal. But no one seems to really focus and they're on They're like, yeah, we got him. We got him. Like, Did you? <laughs> Did you? And we're meant to just accept that as an ending, really? Yeah, because also he could just totally turn it around and talk about, you know, the tragedy in his family when his daughter married the wrong person and how he was desperately trying to help and protect. And it's not the fall of the House of Crockett's at all, is it? Not really. It's the foundations are still fairly, fairly solid. Fairly solid. And... Yeah, so Ellie's not going to have anything to do with him anymore, but so he's still got two. Yeah, she didn't like him anyway, and he's still these massive sycophantic daughters. So there wasn't much closure. It wasn't particularly. I wasn't like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. I was like, oh, it just felt a bit sad. Like McDonald does now think that Dodds is fairly decent. Yes. And Dodds we can see the, 
the the sort of development of what will presumably be their slightly unusual partnership, but that's what they're always meant to be. You never get two people in a like murder mystery crime drama pairing where they're the same there's always one slightly incompetent or slightly weird um, there's one who's like super professional and one's like a bit erratic yeah one that's just like a maverick that just plays by their own rules and the other one that's like really into paperwork and process and we start to see how that might develop so i think i would be interested to see more of it see their relationship develop and similar to the to frost I liked the lead characters enough to, to be intrigued and to be interested. Mm. And Bath's a nice setting. And we get the feeling, I think, that, yeah, it's going to be a very silly series, but hopefully very enjoyable. As yes. a murder mystery itself, yeah, the Columbo aspect, if you knew that Max Crockett was involved right from the start, you just didn't know who his accomplice was. And it turns out no one, really, because he didn't have an accomplice <laughs> because he wasn't really involved. In, I mean, oh, he was just a very big, intelligent man that could apparently suggest anybody into doing anything. Mm. Um, what a very big, clever man he is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I sort of, I feel like if I was just mean enough to you that you would just tell me to get lost. Yeah, you wouldn't I be like, I'm just... going to come down there. <laughs> <laughs> On a very specific day, at a very specific time, and look for someone who might be wearing your clothes. <laughs> If someone's wearing my clothes, I feel really sorry for them. <laughs> <laughs> I've laid out some old pyjamas on the bed. <laughs> and a hoodie. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had time to wash it, but I gave it a bit of a spray. <laughs> for breeze. <laughs> for breeze. I put out my choice. So please just select one of those. Some of my undies. <laughs> I've got some of my mum's pants there. <laughs> Please go back and listen to the Frost episode and you'll understand about the mother's context. That means absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You invite someone around it. I've left out some clothes for you to get changed into with the lights off. Please go upstairs to my bedroom, find the clothing. It's just a a fur coat and some pants. Right, so, yeah, as a crime drama, nope, as a murder mystery. Yeah, I mean, it it had lots of murder mystery elements, and I like Dodds picking up on lots of clues and realising the stuff about the Peregrine Falcon and going to the library and doing that kind of old-fashioned police work, looking into Hmm. Max's past and all of that. I enjoyed it, but I just, I'm annoyed at the resolution just because if it'd been a more firm setup between Max and Kasia or Max and whoever he got to shoot Seth, but the fact that he just suggested it and hoped for the best just didn't didn't work for me. No, I don't think many people would be able to manage that. Even Darren Brown himself, I think, would struggle no. with that level of suggestibility. Um, but no, I liked I liked the episode as a kind of entrance to the series. Uh-huh. But that particular plot, I just thought was a bit meh. Eh. 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 It so wasn't tied up in a bow. Four seems harsh. I say five overall. The plot was probably a four. Yeah. The plot almost up until the end was, it was just that final bit. Up until then, I was like, okay, I can see how it worked. I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. No, I can't see it. 
it, it also sort of relies not only on her being highly suggestible, but on his son being totally okay with being told to wear clothes that are not his own and wandering around the house in the dark with no one else there. I think if you're actually going to commit a crime like that, or you're going to commit a murder, you'd want to have as few variables as possible. Just inviting a dude to your house, hoping that someone's going to try and come along and shoot him. Like it was highly implausible at that that kind of aspect of it. Yeah. Um, rest of it though, mm. enjoyed it. Silly, um, light relief after last week's episode, which yep. felt incredibly gritty and heavy, and maybe want to shower afterwards. Um, I'm sure we'll watch another at some point. Yes, yeah. and I'm sorry to Robert Lindsay. I take back every word. Yes, you see him on Twitter. It's good. See, the person you should follow on social media is Carol Vorderman on Instagram. She is, and Twitter, I think. Oh, yeah. She's just very, um, very anti, anti-government is what I would say, but well, like hilarious with it. No, <laughs> not like, but anti the current establishment, should I say, oh, right. the, cur- the current um, sure. administration. Well, um, I believe that Robert Lindsay is the same way. Ah, well, in which case, you will very much enjoy Carol Vorderman. Hello, Carol. Um, uh, hello, Robert. I hope you guys follow each other on Twitter. <laughs> each other all the time. If you don't, Carol, meet Robert. Robert, meet Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I've not had enough coffee. Right. You know what? I have to go and pack for our camping trip because I still haven't Which done sounds that. sounds very exciting. It's Yeah. I'll let you know how it goes. And um, we'll yeah. have a little chat about what we're going to watch next. Yes. All right, then. Well, we will leave everyone to it. So if you want to get in touch with us and point out everything that we got wrong about this episode, please do. Uh, Instagram is at Crime Drama Queens. And you can email us at crimedramaqueens at gmail.com about whodunits. And Apple Catcher Knickers. Um, yeah. Yeah. And on that note. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, have a lovely week and see you soon. Bye-bye. See you soon. Bye.